New York City. WVFP. <laughs> Energy and charisma. Why is that funny? It's definitely awkward. <laughs> Look at me, I'm different. Get to the point. This podcast, like the Red Room from... The opinions expressed by the guests, hosts, and callers of this show do not reflect the views of WVFP or our sponsors. WVFP. I'm not really arguing about anything anymore. I'm just saying. There's a, there's a point where he's hanging off a... Yeah, but you don't believe as the reader that this is the... He's not it's because you've already die. been told at the beginning of the story. That right. he's, he's, it's about the, because it's about the journey and not the destination. Right. He's but gonna... the thing is with the sirens, right? Right. I didn't finish the thing. No, do it. He says, tie me to the mast because I have to hear this song. Oh. Even though I know that it will like basically destroy my mind and will tempt me to a level that I'm not able to resist. Yeah. He has the foresight to know that he can take a precautionary measure okay. to prevent himself from succumbing to the temptation that will inevitably come. And so he has them tie him to the mast and listen to the song. That temptation, modern literature. Is that your? No, is that your? No, not me. I like it. I like modern literature. You're the one that ends. You're the ones that cutting everybody off at Joyce. It just gets too subjective. Yeah, I like to. I have an end date too. I, I like. I'm pushing up further though. I like. No, like I said, I like there's to, poets like Frederick Seidel that are alive and working today that I that I love. But in know? mass, I think literature has to deal with the Second World War before it peters out. I think yeah. there's still a dealing with, you know, and that's why I push all the way through Saul Bellow and to seize the day. And finally, we get to modernism gets to our own think about it our like own this. foil, yeah. and then at that moment we stop, and that's when it all just stops. When when Shelley criticism and Byron and Wordsworth and all these people were writing, they were it was openly acknowledged. And STC, yes, and Blake, it was Aldrich, Milton, it was openly acknowledged among totally. them all, right, that Shakespeare was the master, totally, and he was the one that they were all. You know what I read recently? You bring up Wordsworth, even though I don't, I don't know much about the Lake Poets. I read that Calderidge and Wordsworth were followed around by the government because they thought that they might be spies because they were, like, uh, against the, a war. Is that true? Yeah. I, know I read recently Col that there were there's English government documents about following them around the lakes so <laughs> as they did their little hikes. That's ridiculous. Because, he, because Calderidge was into... Um, the revolution in France? Is that what was the problem? Yeah, was? yeah. Shelley was into that too. Yes. And yeah. so they were like wanted to really check out. Yeah, if you ever read The Mask of Anarchy, a poem by Shelley. Okay. It's some of the most intense uh, Did political he write that when he was ever been written. When he, when they were you know you know that they went to Ireland for a short period of time where he participated in a lot of like organizing. I didn't it's know a that. part of Shelley's life that Shelley was an idealist. And that's yeah. like that's what's awesome. You know, like guys, and also, what's bad? Guys about go it. down. For, look, look. He's this guy. Rushed his wife. Probably dehydrated her into a miscarriage, so that he could get to the seashore to probably hook up with Byron. I've just said a lot of things. That's a lot of claims you're making. I'm making a lot of claims. Yeah. But isn't it? She miscarried after complaining a bit of dehydration for days. During a storm, in the carriages, when he wouldn't stop, and they were like, "Let's just stop for the night." No, he's got to go meet Byron. Shelley was like, like this. Almost, he got into some almost hipster shit about his diet. Where yeah. He was like really into veganism and vegetarianism, and he yeah. got into this thing where he would only drink distilled water because he had this thing where it was like, "It's so pure," and I am like, "I need to be pure." <laughs> and like now we know that. 
like drinking distilled water is actually bad for you because it doesn't have whatever like certain he was drinking it too much yeah and it like fucks your body up and he was drinking that that shit do you think i should never drink distilled water what do you say you know what i do every now and then i throw in a gallon of distilled i throw in a gallon of distilled sometimes i don't know why i feel like i have to change it up with the water well every once in a while that's one thing i don't really know what it does I don't. I mean, I know what distilled water is, but I don't know what the effects of one or the other. Look into Shelley's distilled water. Well, but look into Shelley not caring for his pregnant wife over and exactly. over again while their children die. This is die. always the thing <laughs> okay. with idealists. Oh, oh, is that right? People who I are see where you're going with that. people who are idealists. Yeah. They preach all this shit, and then if you look at their personal life, right. it's fucking. It's weird. Like it's full life. of just like your life. It's full of it's very strange yeah. and unspeakable things. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I throw this person in prison. Yes. I'm not a big fan of Shelly. I like Mary more. I could read. Okay. <laughs> Mary, the younger Shelly, not the older, not what was her mom's name, not the suffragette. Byron, even Shelly himself said that Don Juan by Byron mm. is the best poem of that whole period. And I agree. It's very light. It's like an opera. What about the ancient mariner? Rhyme of the ancient mariner. That one's fucking great. Wow, I thought you were gonna say something else. No, I was gonna fall out of my chair. Great. I thought you were gonna be like, "That's I was just gonna just great. Lay, I was gonna go dead." I no. love because it's a you know they they're crossing into the goddamn spirit world. Yes. Oh, it's so. Great. It's like the sea. Have you read the especially Pound's translation of uh, the Seafarer? <sighs> Same kind of vibe. What else is there? Fucking besides his that shit is gold. Are we allowed yeah. to read that still, or is that see out of the insane asylum? Oh. Pound. Oh, pound, yeah. They let him out. Everybody forgives everybody now. I've already told the story. But that was political, you know? Well, of course it was. When he came over, he could have stood trial. <laughs> he also pretended, yes. It was political. <laughs> it was also he was famous, so they were doing him a favor a little bit. Yeah. And then he pretended to be crazy when really. Oh, he, he stuck with it. He had a he would, right. became friends with one of the psychiatrists yes. who would, like, smuggle women into the insane asylum that he would have sex with. Which yeah, is, the only uh, things that the only things that ever interest me about the beats were their visits to Pound. There's a bunch of recorded. Yeah, yeah, Pound, Ginsburg. Which I'm not really into. I'm not. I'm no, not me Pound neither. Beats. Me neither. Oh, really? No, I think the beats are in a weird. They have this a weird thing with the beats where they're ex super overrated by yeah. people that don't know anything about literature. Yeah, totally. But at the same time, I think some of them like are a little bit underrated by people who do know a lot about literature. You know, so like it becomes I think it becomes a thing when you think of yourself as like educated and literary at a certain point to be like, oh, Jack Kerouac, like Allen Ginsberg. That's like juvenile almost in a okay. way. And I read things that are more mature. Like I read like Truman Capote or something like hey, that. Hey, whoa. OK. But in reality, I think that when you come into like the development of the what you could call like the American spirit. The whole beat movement is like important in a in an extremely profound way. Damn. Particularly but Ginsburg, like Howell. Howell is probably one of the most important. That goes, that's up there with the rest of the epic <laughs> candidates in American poetry that we have. It's important know. if you care about where spoken word poetry goes after that. I mean, it's no, important. No, no. Howell is listen, Howell. While the beats are working, say what you want about Truman. Um, yeah, the New York City scene of the '50s. Yeah, that's where literature's going. Yeah, it's going. To yeah, for better or maybe for worse. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of dilettantes. There's a lot yeah. of stuff going on there, but I think that the American literature 
the just the literature arc in general, world literature arc, is not going with the beats at the moment. No, 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 not at all, not at all. You know, and I think that what's happening with them is a lot more to do with um, culture. But Ginsburg had something that he drew from Whitman, which is also something that Crane had, which is something that all like Capote and most, not most, but a lot of American poets lack, which is like the vitality. Right. That stops it from being this weird, self-reflexive nightmare tunnel, you know? Right, because if you're always, man, poetry is a bad gig to be in if you can't externalize. Yes, right. yes. It was just going to drown you. Yes. I never thought about that before. Absolutely. That's an interesting thing to say. Because the worst example of this, and also is the best at the same time, is William, uh, not William Carlos, Wallace Stevens. Okay. Wallace Stevens's poetry is so is so good. It's the best that that form of poetry could possibly be. That subjective thing where you keep turning in and mm -hmm. like analyze it. Like you say something and then you learn something from what you just said, and then right. you comment on that, and then that comment seeds a new self reflection, and that keeps going around. Twitter, yeah, in a way. <laughs> That's funny. No, but I see what you're saying. But Wallace Stevens is is the master of that. But if you look at like Pound and you look at Ginsburg is not on the same level as Pound, uh, but if you look at them, they have this thing from Whitman where that vitality comes out. And Tennessee Williams has this. Yes, and right. it, it makes them focused on like what Aristotle called the facts of the world instead of focused on your feelings, you know? Right. And your opinions, you know? Well, you'd want a, you want a good mix of both. But you, okay, there's nothing wrong with feelings and opinions. But, nothing wrong with feelings, everybody. But when they appear in a poem, they should probably be like a character's feelings and yeah. opinions because... One of the things I find with a lot of writing that I read now, despite its, you know, modern skeleton or whatever, is the lack of imaging. It, it's so weird because we live in such an imagist society. Just to use the Poundian, mm -hmm. wouldn't wouldn't Pound love Instagram? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're built for guys like yep. that, poets like that. Yep. But we live in this um, imagist society, and at the same time, a lot of the new literature that I read is vacant of of imagist phrasing. Yes, I so agree the, the with poetic um, painting of of things. Yeah, it's got the poetry has gotten too subjective and at the same time too linguistic yeah. like language there was the confessional poets and then the language poets and they kind of developed side by side at the same time and they've morphed into this thing which is like what is that's like the cutting edge or whatever in academia is right. basically that form of poetry which is really like it doesn't interest anybody except for those people you know which is a sad that, that's that's a problem with academic stuff right is that it becomes this thing where it is really interesting, but only if you take all of the classes. Exactly. And you're inside the group think of the thing, and then now it's interesting. I remember the first time that I read a Wallace Stevens' book, and this was after I had gotten into, like, Joyce and Shakespeare, which Joyce and Shakespeare are, like, really, really earthy. And I remember the first time I read a Wallace Stevens' poem, I burst out laughing because it was sounded so stupid to me, like, what he was saying. Okay. But it took me, you know, like five years on and off of studying American poetry before you really can understand what they're doing. And then it can operate on you. It, it, it's like modernist music in that way, where it's like, if you listen to it for a while, yeah. then it can become pleasing. But 
to me, that's still there. That's some kind of a weakness because like you don't need to explain Mozart right. to, to like a baby. Yeah. Or you also don't need to expl explain yeah. like jazz to a baby. They just get it, you know? Right. And all great art is democratic ultimately in that sense, in a way that it is just not now, you know? Yeah. Totally. Especially poetry. I think poetry more than any of the other arts, probably. I would I would offer to you that it is almost um non existent and is a weird thing to say yeah. when um readings and literature and stuff is having such a revival in new york and yet where are things like that you know yeah and yeah. where where's a, where is um anybody talking about some ovid or some shakespeare and right. I, I think we really need that stuff and that will help the people who are trying to become poets in this city now here and now we really of, draw from like a well that is as new yorkers serious. we should be ashamed almost almost yeah you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it is. It's and a lot. A lot of the poetry seen in New York City is very like sycophantic and self-devouring. You know. Well, I wish you all the luck. I I had a lot of fun talking to you here and off air. I I think I'm jealous that you know a lot of stuff that I don't. I Any, like anything the, you want to know anytime. That, I like the focus on classic, classic arts and classic poetry and, and that stuff. April twenty seventh, Hart Crane. Mm -hmm. We're doing a remembrance. Yes, we are. It's on the Manhattan side of the bridge. It's underneath the bridge. 415 Pike Slip. 415 Pike Slip. That's going to be on the north side of the seaport, everybody, on the water side. And, um, well, what time? Do you guys have a time? 7.30. You're doing 7.30. 7.30 p.m. For everybody who follows this podcast, that'll be, be around sunset. And uh, it's cool. I hope everybody goes down. I hope everybody checks it out. Thanks for um, trying to bring poetry back. It's going to happen. Thanks for being on the show. Be prepared. Thanks for clapping as well. Not everybody. Thanks back. for thanking me. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> How many times am I on film clapping with people looking at me straight in the eyes like, well, fuck yourself with this shit. People <laughs> you guys start doing people... that to random strangers on the street, just looking them right in the eye and you yeah. start clapping? <laughs> Um, I don't know how to scale performance any other way. There's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that I think I have to do, and clapping's one of them. If it doesn't get done, I don't feel right. You should do it this quiet. I like a real quiet. The fuck you going to have a show, nobody claps, nobody talks about where it begins or it ends. Yeah. It's too intellectual for me. Yeah. There'll be some kind of something. Okay. Did I even say who I was or what the show was or anything like that anymore? I don't even put this shit in the show anymore. It's WVFP. It's a podcast. It costs $5. You should go pay for it. Keep me out of the world of crime. Also, it's really good. There's like, I don't know how many videos there are now, but there are full episodes, like 10, 12 of them. I'm on like my 40-somethingth episode. There's so much content, so much New York City stuff, so much downtown stuff. You're not going to learn more about downtown New York City by going to a fucking Reddit or something. This is where you're going to learn it at. It only costs $5. Um, that's the equivalent of buying me in New York City one-third of a whiskey shot i appreciate that but that's not where the money goes the money's going straight to like stuff like this which you know is not cheap you can just look at me and this poet guy and see that this shit is not cheap so five bucks gets you in gets you all stuff it just you unlock everything for five dollars and then you get a 30-day subscription i'm embarrassing myself now Thank you very much, WVFP. My name's Nathan. You can find me at Mainly Manhattan. Here's the poet. He's got an Instagram. You'll have to just look for it somewhere else because it was too complicated for me to repeat. H-Y-P-E-R. P. 
P-O-I-E-S-I-S. Hyperpoesis. Oh, poesis. Yes. Oh, the Greek word for making. Well, now I'm and learning stuff. Because I just have too much. Don't teach me things. Own. You're a natural born teacher. By We learn by teaching. I hate teaching people stuff. You know the kind of guy that, like, you're doing something wrong and he's got to tell you? Turn it to the right. Yeah. Lefty Lucy. Well, there's your problem, I'm not, bud. I'm not, I'm not like that. I'll watch somebody do something wrong over and over and over. I don't give a shit. I don't. <laughs> wow. I'm not. I'm not you I were made to live in Manhattan. I don't, I don't <laughs> correct people about stuff. I don't wonder about what people are doing. I don't do none of that shit. Fuck, man. Don't come at me with a problem. I'll ignore your problem. Shit. Well, I hope Thanks that works. <laughs> I hope that works Thanks well lot, for you. <laughs> what do you think, Wolf? Does it look good? Yeah, we look okay. Oh, good, man. Fuck, man. We didn't even hit the Fiji. I got sold out. Um. <laughs>